Davey. I'm Lava. And this is Off the Record. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Off the Record. I am RJ Starsmith, my first time hosting the show. So it's a blast of being able to have the honor to host the show Off the Record. There's been a lot of great hosts in the past, but proud to be hosting it this weekend. And we got three great guests with me today that we're going to have a lot of fun with on the show. And we're going to kick it off uh, with Mr. Charles Crawl, Mr. Arkham Menard series coming on the show. Uh, first of all, man, we're, we're going to kick it off with you. How was how this past weekend at, at Charlotte? How's it been this season with the Arkham Menard series? How would you summarize that all up? We had a great race down there at Charlotte, RJ. You know, uh, it, it's been a, you know, we're only on our fifth race of the season. You know, we start at Daytona and then we take a couple of weeks off and we go out to Phoenix and then we take a couple of weeks off and, you know, then we go to Talladega and Kansas. And now we're finally getting to that part of the year where we're going to start racing you know, if not every week, you know, pretty much every, at least every other week. So, you know, really happy to get to, to this point of the year. You know, our our storylines are are pretty similar to where they've been the last couple of years. You know, we're bringing in some some new developmental drivers, um, you know, young youngsters that that TRD wants to bring up or, you know, in, in the in Rev Racing's case, you know, Chevrolet wants to bring up or, you know, and, and it's been great, you know, uh, Nick Sanchez has picked up a couple of wins this year. Nick is a great young man, um, great guy. He's, he's got a big future ahead of him. You know, Roger Carruth has been knocking on the door of victory lane probably like the last three races. I think Roger's had a shot to win. And, you know, we're just counting down, counting down until he gets that first victory. And then we've, you know, <laughs> it's weird to call him the, the veteran, the old grizzled veteran, because I think he just turned 20 years old. But Corey Heim, you know, he's, He's the old man of that group at this point. And, you know, he's, he's already picked up a win this year at, uh, at Daytona. So it's been a lot of fun watching these guys and, you know, we're, we're just, we are, we're, we're ready to get at it. You know, it's, it's, it's that time of the year where we're going to start reeling them off. So I'm anxious, ready to get going. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch the series this year. Now we'll introduce our second guest on the show, Mason Maggio. Uh, you've been driving pro late models this year for Rickware Racing, but we'll kick it off with the big news this week, man. You're going to be making your Camping World Truck Series debut at Gateway for Rion Brothers Racing. Summarize that. What are the emotions and how are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, it's still surreal to even put myself in that category of competing in the NASCAR Truck Series. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a deal that came together uh, relatively quick, right at the beginning of May, uh, the phone call and the conversation started and, uh, you know, started scrambling to, to be able to put it all together. And thankfully we were, and, uh, now we're going to be going to gateway here in a couple of days and, you know, looking forward to just a, a, a day filled with learning and, uh, you know, just going to soak in the opportunity and, uh, all the moments, uh, throughout the weekend. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. We'll detail that more in the show. And then our third set of guests we have on here, the, uh, the hosts of two guys, one track, uh, a new up and coming podcast, and they're starting to join me and reporting on the, on the Arkham Menard series and short tracks routes. We got Artez Kelly and Damani Smith, whichever one of you guys wants to start out first. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing, RJ? I'm doing good, man. Glad to have you on. It looks like we just lost Artez, unfortunately, but hopefully he will make it back in here uh, for the show. Um, but good to Don't worry. To he'll have, be back. <laughs> yeah, he'll be back on here sometime. So uh, good to have you guys on. And, man, this weekend, uh, Damani, if you want to, you know, go into detail, you, obviously you and Artez and I were at Charlotte Motor Speedway covering the ARCA series. Um, and, and how was that for you? Because that was kind of the first day we were out there on Friday covering ARCA. 
Um, how would you explain the, the emotions of being out there? We may have lost the money too. That'll love technology. <laughs> the, the two guys on track. The internet is. is hey, can you guys hear me? There he is. All right, we got you. My apologies, technical difficulties. You're good. But um, yeah, like I was trying to say, that was my second time being out in the pits ever for a race weekend. I'd went to Talladega a month prior, got a preview of what that was like. And to be at Charlotte with you, somebody with experience in the ARCA series and reporting, it was just a dream come true. Got to meet some, make some new friends, got to get a, um, my feet wet with photography and journalism. And I got to learn a lot from you, RJ. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, we definitely learned a lot this weekend. It was a lot of fun uh, at Charlotte. Great experiences. So glad we, uh, we introduced all three of our guests we have here on the show. Charles, Mason, Damani, and Artez. And we'll be back uh, on Off the Record. With so we're back here on Off the Record. Glad to have all my great guests with me today. And Charles, I'll start with you. This question kind of like, you know, you obviously are doing a lot of stuff with ARCA. You do stuff uh, a lot around the track as well. Um, you know, I saw, I saw you all weekend this this week at Charlotte on pit road working. You weren't just working ARCA. You, you were doing tw twice in one day. You had you had the ARCA Menards outfit on for the ARCA race. And then like 30 minutes later, you had the Charlotte Motor Speedway outfit on uh, doing some more stuff at the track. So just overall, I mean, if you want to share a story on kind of like the, the thing that kind of sparked your career and what you do and what kind of got it all started. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that, RJ. So you know, my, my entry to the sport, really, it, I'm, I'm going to be 50 this year, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, my entry to the sport came 50 years ago. You know, my, my grandparents were officials with John and Mildred Barkham, the founders of ARCA back in the early uh, 1960s and, and in through the seventies and the eighties. And of course, you know, after I was born, I started tagging along with them to the racetracks. And uh, the very first job I ever, ever had, the first thing I ever got paid to do in my life was sell ARCA yearbooks for my current boss, Ron Drager, when I was 10 years old. So, you know, that's how long I've been around. And, you know, um, you know, my family uh, has, has been involved in, in various levels of racing. You know, my, I have an uncle, uh, my uncle Al, who, who was a, a big time short track open wheel guy. And he's, you know, he's worked everything from, you know, local short track midget and sprint car races to, you know, working on Indy cars um, in the seventies. So he, you know, he's, he's been around and then, you know, my uncle Bill, uh, my uncle Bill Gardner uh, was the owner of the championship winning team in the NASCAR cup series back in 1983 with Bobby Allison driving. So racing has been in my blood um, and in my family for, you know, my entire life. Um, <clears throat> I've always wanted to want to, to find a way to work in racing. And um, I started as the track announcer at Toledo Speedway in 1998. And uh, very quickly after that, had the opportunity to go work as the, uh, the PR guy slash sponsor acquisition guy over there at Sealmaster Racing, which is now Thor Sport Racing. Um, did that for a couple of years and then kind of moved into the into the media side of things. I worked for a website called truckseries.com back in the day, which I had a lot of fun doing that. So many great memories uh, working in the truck series from uh, about 2002 through about 2008. Um, and then I had some kids and I, I stopped traveling on a, on a regular basis for about 10 years, but I uh, was still able to do some, some internet radio broadcasts for the Arkham and Art series. And 
he did a couple of TV broadcasts uh, over the course of that time frame as well as a pit road reporter. And when when the time came when when the previous um, PR manager at ARCA decided he was going to you know move on and do something else, I I said, hey, I would love to do this. And, you know, thankfully they invited me on board. And um, you know, now that we are a part of NASCAR, that does also give me the opportunity to go and do some other things within the NASCAR family as well. RJ, you saw me doing some pit road reporting for NASCAR International there at Charlotte. I love doing that. I'm, I'm able to do the uh, the play-by-play for the East and West races, um, both live on Flow and on USA Network. And, you know, it, it, it's just... <laughs> I never saw myself doing this kind of stuff, you know, 10 years ago when I was a stay at home dad, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm the dick trickle of, of, you know, racing media coverage. You know, I, I was, I, I'm, I'm 49 years old, just like Dick trickle was when he won the, the rookie of the year award. So I'm just going to take it as it comes. I'm having a great time doing it. I, I love working in the Arkham and art series. I love working uh, not only with the, the people that I work with on a day-to-day basis in the office, um, I, I love all of our young drivers, uh, so much great young talent coming through, not only in the main Arkham and Art series, but East and West as well. And yeah, I just have a great time doing it. You know, if you see me at the racetrack and I'm not smiling, there's something wrong. Um, cause I do, I, I, I go to the racetrack. Um, it's a lot of hard work, but you know, I go to the racetrack basically to have fun. That's, that's how I feel about it. If I'm having fun then everybody else is having fun. And, uh, that's what we're there for. You know, we're, we're there to, to put on a, a show and, you know, the teams there and, and everybody are there to compete and, and they all work hard, but it's supposed to be fun. That's what we're all here for. And I want to keep it that way. Yeah, it's great watching ARCA, you know, watching young drivers like that get opportunities uh, to make it, you know, further up in the ranks. And then you have the other side of ARCA where it's like those older veteran drivers who have just been around there for a long time, drivers that, you know, are, are making pizzas uh, during the week that are just out there right. having fun racing. I mean, there's so there's so many different dynamics to the ARCA series. I love it. But, you know, the, the one of the best parts is obviously the young drivers uh, that race in the ARCA Menard series, not just ARCA, racing routes, racing late models, like our guy Mason Maggio here, uh, you know, who, who's making his truck debut this weekend. And, and Mason, that, that'll kind of make me ask you, I mean, what, what was the the spark that kind of got your career started? Were, were you a guy that was racing real, real early in your career? Did you start recently? Where, when did you start racing? I didn't start racing until I was 13 years old. So uh, to say the least, I was way late compared to, you know, a lot of the drivers that you see that are climbing the ranks when they started at, you know, four or five years old. Um, so I got into it late. I kind of fell into it on accident. Uh, you know, my parents uh, watched the cup races on Sundays and, uh, you know, I didn't pay much attention to it because, you know, six, seven-year-old me had a very, very short attention span. So I uh, couldn't watch, you know, three, four hours of uh, racing from start to finish. But uh, ultimately, when I was 12, uh, I went out to uh, my local racetrack at Palm Beach International Raceway, uh, which is a road course. So they had a main road course and they had a go-kart track. Um, and they had it run very similar to like the GoPro Motorplex to where you had your rental go-karts and you had your, uh, your main carts. So went out, did the rental go-karts just to kind of have fun with my dad and then some friends of mine that tagged along. And um, sure enough, I got quicker and quicker each lap, it seemed like, and, you know, kept passing guys left and right. And, you know, the rest is history between, you know, doing bandoleros and legend cars, uh, late models the last year and a half. And, uh, here we are now, uh, you know, having the opportunity to go to Gateway and run a truck truck race. So 
Um, extremely, extremely thankful for the opportunity and all the people that have helped me uh, get to this point. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll continue to, to be successful in, in motor racing as a whole. Yeah, it's going to be real fun to, to watch you with this weekend. And, and our, Mr. Artez Kelly, I'm going to ask you, this is, this is a story that you, you told a lot this weekend, and I want the viewers to hear it. You know, we're talking about the stories that got everybody into racing. Man, what, tell, tell us the story uh, with a certain Xfinity driver that kind of, kind of got you onto the racing scene here. Yeah, you said the, the, the driver that got me on the racing scene? Yeah. The Xfinity driver? Yeah. Oh, Jeremy Clements by far. <laughs> um, Jeremy is a, a real good friend of mine. And, um, you know, the crazy, the crazy story was, uh, was that last year I got tickets for, um, my home track, which is Atlanta motor speedway. And, uh, I got the tickets for, uh, the fall, not the far as the summer race. And, uh, I just took a random picture, you know, just, just took a random picture. And I say like about three, four hours later, it says Jay Clemens 51, just like the, like the tweet. And I was like, like what what is this this is, is this fake like is this, like what's going on and uh it turns out to be a real guy and uh he was a cool dude and he got me on the scene um on the professional scene of it uh but man i've been a racing fan since i was nine years old watching dale jr and kyle bush rick well kyle rick dale jr at uh at richmond really really tore my mind it really broke my heart as a nine-year-old but um i've been watching sport for a long time yeah, exactly. Hey, Artez, just remember, there's no such thing as a summer race anywhere. It's always spring or fall. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you can have races at Pocono in June and July, both of which are in the summer, and one of them is the spring race and the other is the fall race. Isn't it weird how that works out? God. Yeah, I forget about that sometimes. That's how, I guess that's how it works. And I, and I got to tell you, you were nine years old in 2008. I already feel like I'm old, man. You're killing me. You're killing wait, me. Wait till, you, wait till you hear my story. And Mason's. Yeah, you are, got, oh, man. You are killing me. Oh, my goodness. We got we got two 17-year-olds two in this Zoom. We got one oh, Mason. He's Mason 17, too? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> No, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like we get, we get in the car this week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm riding with Damani and Artez and cause I just graduated high school last week. Right. And so Damani had, had seen that I had graduated, you know, with, with the cab and everything like that. And he's like, man, congratulations on graduating. I'm like, yeah, I appreciate it. And he's like, college, and right? I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, so you're 18. I'm like 17. <laughs> It's crazy. So yeah, and that that'll kind of lead me to you, Damani, to, to wrap this little segment up. I mean, how, how what what got your spark in in getting into racing and getting getting into this aspect of racing where you're trying to report on it and being a podcaster? Well, I was five years old and I decided I wanted to be a race car driver. Um, my parents took me to my first race when I was seven years old, still living in Detroit. They took me to Michigan International Speedway, the Batman Begins 400, and I just fell in love. I moved down here to Georgia. My parents took me to the first Atlanta night race. They took me to the uh, spring Talladega in 2010, where uh, McMurray got beat by Harvick at the line. And I said, I have to be a part of this sport by any means necessary. I graduated from the University of West Georgia last year with a degree in journalism. And a year later, I'm chasing my dream at the racetrack. Um, this side of the sport is very interesting. It's very tedious. All the skills I've used from photography, photojournalism, um, even writing and reporting are being put to use as I speak. And I really, I, could, I couldn't be more thankful for this opportunity that I'm receiving. 
And I'm hoping I can be part of this sport in the long run and maybe get behind the wheel of a Legends car late Model 2 one day and still do the reporting on the side. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's, that's what we were talking about when we were at Charlotte. We saw those uh, the applications. The, the, the For ARCA? Series, the race applications. We're like, <laughs> oh, man, man. we're going we're gonna to have the money and then us fill one of them out. Gonna get get our get our own team together. We're gonna get running, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see how far that goes. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll get into, we'll get into some more talks here on off the record uh, in just a few. Off the record, uh, it's been a great episode already. Lots of stuff to talk about. Um, so Mason, I'm I'm gonna throw it to you first here with this question. Uh, we're talking about racing and getting on the racetrack. You're racing at Gateway this weekend, or Worldwide Technology Raceway, I guess is what they call it now. Uh, have you you don't have you haven't had any experience on Gateway, have you? Yet? The closest thing to it is I racing and just watching last year's race. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be brand new for me. Uh, you know, by far the biggest racetrack that I did uh, at the beginning of this year was the uh, Arkham Menard Series test at Daytona. That's the only big track experience I got. But Gateway is a whole other beast and a whole different race car. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big learning curve. It's going to be a really big adjustment compared to what I'm used to with the late model and the short tracks. Uh, across the Carolinas and in Virginia. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a fun adjustment, though. I think it'll be a, a really big learning curve that'll allow me to uh, progress and hopefully move forward uh, by the end of the weekend and have a little bit more confidence in, in my ability and, and you know, the, the equipment and the opportunities that I have in front of me. So uh, looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's always been an interesting track. Never would have expected to make my debut at Gateway, but uh, here we are, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to learning throughout the weekend in, uh, in more ways than one. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And you obviously, you noted earlier in the show, you started racing at 13, you're 17 now, making your truck debut. You've gotten some pro late model wins for Rick Rare Racing. And Charles, that'll come me, uh, lead me to asking you this question that, you know, your time in motorsports, a lot, people talk about it a lot, even on just NASCAR Cup broadcasts is worldwide. Like, the, the change in young drivers uh, from what we have, they, I guess, considered or uh, sort of tra train themselves to, to race now. What have you noticed, uh, you know, in the change of, of young drivers throughout, especially with you working in ARCA, you get to work with a lot of young drivers. This is basically, you know, where they start uh, in NASCAR on a professional level. What have you noticed uh, throughout the changes in like young drivers making their way through the sport in the last 20 years and kind of how it's done, like the process? You know, so it's interesting when I was, a youngster, you know, going to the races with my grandparents and, and whatnot, a, a young driver would have been, you know, 25 years old, you know, and, and when you were looking at a young driver in the cup series, you would have been talking about somebody who was late twenties, early thirties, you know, you, you needed to put in, you know, a good five or six years running at your local track. And then, you know, maybe a, a year or two, you know, touring with some, you know, the ARCA series or the, the old ASA series. And, and then maybe you'd get lucky and, and get a call to come and run a, you know, a back of the pack cup car somewhere for a couple of years before anybody would even consider putting you in a top of the line car, you know, and now, you know, you've got drivers who are, you know, in, in ARCA, the Todd Gilliland won an ARCA race the day after he turned 15 years old. That is incredible to me. For me, Artez and Damani, uh, we, we always talked about Raja Kruth a lot. Um, and Raj was there every single day at Charlotte. And I got the pleasure of going to the new Smyrna test with him where he, that he did with Alpha Prime uh, in Xfinity. And you can just, you can see 
um, you know, the dedication and the work that he wants to put in to make it to the next level. So, so Artez, if you kind of want to uh, go in, go into a little detail on what, you know, me, you and Damani saw at Charlotte from, from Raja Karuth, um, you know, what, what did you see from him, you know, every day going out there trying to put in the work and just not even Raj, but the, all the young drivers that we were able to meet this week, especially on Friday during the Arca series. Man, you know, it goes back to what I, what I always say. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And the thing about Raj that I like is that, well, I love, matter of fact, is the fact that it doesn't matter who he, who he is, who you are, so on and so forth. This guy will come up to you, shake your hand, talk to you, try to build a relationship with you. And one thing in racing is for sure, you got to build some type of relationships. You never want to burn bridges, but build a relationship. And uh, that's one thing that Raj did every day. I think he was there like all three days, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he was there the whole time just in the in the pits, even after the race, just building relationships, shaking everybody's hand, and so on and so forth. So that's that's real key and real good uh, for success in racing. Yeah. Damani, how about you? What I like about what Raj is doing, I believe it was Saturday night during qualifying, he went up to uh, Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch and was asking for some pointers. He wants to make sure when he's cup ready that he can get in that car, keep it in one piece, and bring home a good finish. And he told me that he wants to spend a good five years in the lower series before moving up to cup. He wants to master his craft on the sim. He wants to win those races in legends cars because he still does road course races in legends cars. He's trying to develop himself to be the best driver he can and build himself up his racing resume before he goes to reach out to a team and sponsors, I feel like. And the experience he's getting with Alpha Prime this year is very valuable and going to go a long, long, long way in his career overall, regardless of the finishes, because that on-track experience is the most valuable piece of information a driver can get, second to advice. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely definitely important to be at the track and keep putting in the work uh, for your craft. So we'll, we'll be back on Off the Record to talk more. Uh, we'll talk some more Uncle Menard stories when we come back. As I said, I want to talk about some little fun Arc Menard stories because me personally, I was put on assignment by tobychristie.com this year uh, to cover the Arc Menard series in depth. And it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun stories, a lot of wacky stories, a lot of stories I didn't think I'd be writing when I'm typing sometimes, but I am. But it's a lot of fun. And that, that's kind of why one of the reasons why I love the Arc Menard series. So I want to talk about like an incident that happened a few weeks ago at Kansas. There, there was oh, wait, wait, wait. Well, let me guess which one this is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was a little run in between Corey Hahn. Was there? And, and Drew I, don't rem- I don't remember. I don't remember that. <laughs> so so from what you do remember, Charles, like the like incidents like this that happen, I mean, they blow up, obviously, on social media. These are the type of incidents that fans love and they blow up, especially when Billy Venturini gives an interview like that on pit road. Uh, uh, they blow up. And, and as yeah. you, you know, with your relationship with Argo and everything like that, when, when you see these types of incidents, are they, are they something where you're like, all right, this is, is this good? Is this good for the sport? Is it not good for the sport? How do you look at it? So it, it's interesting. Um, so first and foremost, when I, when I work for Arca, I, I do, you know, I, I have the Arca hat on. I, I do have to, you know, we, we, unfortunately we are in the position where we do have to call balls and strikes yeah. and, and we have to, you know, we will sit there and make a, a judgment call from time to time. Is this good? Is this bad? You know? um, thankfully the, the strike zone on, on what you can and can't do in a situation like that is it's pretty tight. So, so we, we give them, we give them a lot of leeway there. Um, 
you know, I, I've known Billy a long time. Um, and, and when he did that, you know, I, I, I first and foremost looked at it with my, you know, with my Arca hat on and was like, okay, so that happened. And, you know, but, you know, you also look through it as the lens of a, you know, a fan like that, you know, <laughs> you know, so, and sometimes what's, what's entertaining to a fan and, you know, what's good for the sanctioning body. Don't know. They don't always line up, but, um, you know, Billy obviously did get a penalty for that. Um, you know, we, we, we are of the belief that, you know, if, if, if there were to be some repercussions for that, uh, they'd come from, you know, whether it's, you know, a sponsor or, you know, anybody else, you know, them, them giving, but, you know, and, and, and there were none. So, so just so you know, I, I talked to Billy about this and he said, I haven't heard anything. Um, I did send Billy a text after that happened. And I said, so Matt Hagens is the happiest man in racing right now, because from now on, anytime somebody searches Billy Venerini interview on YouTube, his interview where you referenced sending him to the hospital is not going to come up. It's going to be the, the Drew Dollar interview. But um, yeah, Billy is, he is a, a fiery guy. He is very competitive. Um, he absolutely speaks what's on his mind, but I have found in, in, like I said, I've known Billy a long time. I have found he is one of the most genuine people in the garage area. Um, he and his family do so much for so many people behind the scenes that they absolutely don't want to tell anybody about, don't want the credit for it. They just do it because they're good people. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really tickled. Um, to have gotten to know them over the years. And um, I'm, it's great to work alongside them um, here in the same series. And uh, it's, it's good to be around them. They're good folks. And, but yeah, man, that, that, that interview, that was something, you know, and then the, the Twitter battle that followed it. Oh God. Yeah. There's always something. a Twitter battle that, that yeah. follows a lot of things. And uh, there was one, there was one incident this year that happened in the Xfinity series, but a lot of people tied it back to ARCA and their ARCA days. And it was Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer. And when that happened, everyone was like, well, these guys, these guys already got bad blood. And, and it started, everyone said it started in the Arkham Art series. And you can kind of see it as you look back in time. Was that something that you noticed, Charles? Like, did, did you sense that there was kind of something brewing between them? Or did so, you think it was like a friendly rivalry? So I, I'm going to say it's a friendly rivalry. But, and I'm sure every one of us, Damani, Artez, Mason, even you, RJ, uh, I'm sure there have been times where you were ultra competitive with someone that you're friendly with, where you just get mad. Um, yeah. I don't think that Ty and Sam are ever, or, or were ever like, Hey, we are best friends, but I think that there's a lot of respect there. And I think, you know, they, they have understood from the time they were probably 15 years old, they knew they were going to be racing against each other each and every week, the rest of their lives. That's they, they were both, that good they both knew they were eventually going to end up you know in the upper levels of the sport they were the top two drivers at virtually every level they've ever competed in and yeah I, we're going to, to worldwide technology raceway this weekend and i remember the race there in 2019 where sam was leading at the white flag and ty gave him the boot going into turn three and moved him on the last lap and won the race and from there on out i think this has been um while it may be a friendly at rivalry at times, it's also been a heated rivalry. You know, these two know to win, I've got to beat him. And, 
you know, Sam is still looking for that first win and, and it, he's, he's getting hungry and, you know, Ty has been fortunate enough to win what seven of them at this point. Yeah. And, and that deal at Martinsville, I think was just two young guys who have raced each other a lot, who just want to, they, they want to beat the other one. That's what they want. They want to beat the other one. And it's just overflowed. And, you know, I don't, I haven't really talked to either of them at this point to find out if the fences have been mended. Uh, I'm going to guess that, you know, that's a wound that's probably, they, they may say publicly, you know, there's, there's no problem there, but you don't forget those things. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens the last time they're racing, the next time they're racing each other on the last lap. You know? It seems like they're going to be racing each other for a while too, if everything goes to plan for both. I mean, both great young guys, uh, great young drivers that are. And I do want to to make mention of that, regardless of whatever happened there um, at Martinsville or what happens beyond that. I absolutely think they're both just great guys. Um, I remember meeting Ty, you know, when he came up here to test at Toledo Speedway before he was even eligible to race, he was that young. And uh, I thought he was a pretty fun dude even then. Um, I've always, always thought the world of Sam Mayer and his dad, Scott, just great guys. And uh, yeah, I actually am looking forward to these two getting up there in that cup series and racing on Sundays and fight for championships. That's going to give me a lot of, a lot of pride and a good sense of satisfaction because they are, they're just two good dudes to me. Yeah. Two good dudes and then very hard racers. And then Mason, I know when you race on the, the short track scene and pro late models and, and anything that you've raced in the past, there's a lot of there's a lot of blood boiling on those short tracks and, and kind of just on this topic like you got any stories of, of anything like the craziest thing you've seen at a short track race that you've been to something along those lines yeah by far last year um it was the final race i'd run uh, limited late models at hickory all year just to kind of get my feet wet with a full-size stock car uh you know before going over to uh e33 motorsports and rickway racing uh for the carolina pro series this year and um, you know, me and another driver, I'm not going to name names, but, uh, he and I had a pretty heated rivalry, uh, the race prior to the final race of the championship there. Um, he and I had a, uh, uh, you know, a not so friendly discussion after the race, uh, regarding, uh, who did what. And then, uh, the final race, uh, of the season, uh, he's in a position to win the championship. I've trying to get every point that I can and we're battling for the lead um, after he got in front of me on a restart and uh, eventually he and I collided uh, at one point in the race and uh, I went on to win the race and uh, let's just say when he came over to my car he wasn't very too happy and I, I was still you know in victory lane trying to take off all my seatbelts, my helmet and all that good stuff and uh, to say the least it, it got pretty heated uh, after the race with crew members and uh, drivers and all that good stuff. So it was interesting. It's definitely something I don't want to repeat in the future, but, uh, you know, so far we've been good about that this year. Uh, I've had a great competitor and Josh Lauder, who's been like the Bubba Pollard in a sense of the Carolina pro series. And he and I have had two really good battles for, uh, the win at, uh, Franklin County Speedway and then Goodyear all American Speedway. Um, so, it's uh, you want more races like those, not necessarily the one that I had last year at the end of the at the end of the season. Mason, this is the problem that I've always had with young guys racing. It, it, not that there's a real problem, but you know, if I'm a 50 year old guy and I get wrecked by you and you're 17 and I want to come and wring your neck, I can't do it. You're too young. It's a problem. 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I I can understand that for sure. That's uh, it's definitely uh, frustrating how uh, a you know a veteran or a more experienced uh, driver. You can uh, say old guys. We know we're old. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do have a question that I just thought of. So like any, anybody can go, we got a lot of different people in the zoom. We got, we got drivers, we got personnel, we got fans. Um, we're all, we're all race fans. What are our thoughts on like crew members getting in like discussions between drivers that got beef on pit road? Damani, Damani's got his hand up. Damani, you can go first. I want to say boys have added for one reason. NASCAR is a team sport. They're a contact sport. If, if somebody driver a is down here, and um, the pit crew sees that um, driver A is instigating their driver, their driver being driver B, they have a right to jump in and help defend him. Uh, now, I say defend him, meaning hands are thrown, um, punches are um, caught. Go out there, help your guy, break up the fight. Do whatever you can. Yeah, Damani, I'm kind of, you know, obviously as a you know, member of the sanctioning body, we don't want anybody fighting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've, never, I've never understood – you know, when, you know, I, I'm not a serious football watcher, but I'll watch football every now and then. And, you know, there's no rule that says the quarterback can only fight another quarterback. You know, if you're upset, right. <laughs> you're upset, you're going to, you're going to be jawing at whoever standing there with you. And sometimes that, that happens. Um, obviously we, we don't want anybody fighting in the upper garage, but um, you know, when it, when it does happen, you know, it's I would imagine it's probably really hard to hold your emotions. Well, I got to wait to yell at the driver. No, you're be yelling at anybody. You know, that's right. It's, it's really it's got to be a challenging thing. Precisely. Anybody else got any more thoughts? I mean, listen, I, 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 I see it like this. OK, the uh, money. I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I agree with the money on this. Uh, if if you're if you're a driver and your crew you know so on and so forth you're helping your driver out, um, if punches be thrown then you got to help your driver out right so on and so forth. Um, but if it's like you know just like coming up like for example, um, if two drivers just coming up just having a conversation let them have a conversation just stay out the way let them have a conversation you was not in the car for 400, 300 miles so on and so forth. <laughs> but if punches right. are thrown, however, if punches are thrown then you got to help your driver, you know, you know, you don't leave your driver hanging, but you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword. So I was standing there on pit road the other day when Jeff Burton and Noah oh, Gregson were having their little discussion <laughs> and oh, there man. were no team members around there at all. And I was thinking it was going to get a little heated and I was going to have to break it up. I didn't, I didn't want to have to jump. Yeah, there were more media members than team members. <laughs> yeah, there were. I was like, I don't know. This is, I think all, and it was, it was interesting because Jeb kept yelling at him and Noah wouldn't respond. And all it was doing was making Jeb more mad. And I was like, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a fight here because Noah's not doing anything. <laughs> but thankfully uh, cooler heads prevailed on that one. But yeah, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to be breaking up the fight. That's not, that's not for me. Yeah. We would have, we would have seen Charlotte security, uh, pit road security. Yeah. I'm an old, I'm an old man. I don't need to be breaking up these young kids fighting. Anymore. And security, security was <laughs> fighting somebody on pit road after the coke 600 wasn't there i, I saw that yeah gate crasher in victory lane huh <laughs> yeah i thought that was you rj you thought that was me fighting <laughs> 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 i would uh, i wish i was there to see it because i would have i would have laughed pretty hard i don't know what was going on i guess the dude was trying to jump in front of the 
car or something and security was just like nope gotta get your five minutes of fame somehow <laughs> yeah he did he did i'm sure that video uh went viral so yeah it was uh that was crazy there were definitely some some almost fights i, I keep forgetting about that no grace and jeff burton thing and then and then like you like you said charles brace things that happened at the track seems to follow with the twitter beef and jeb burton went absolutely yeah, he insane did. on twitter yeah he did <laughs> he, he let him hear it so yeah lots of lots of conflict but good to talk about that we'll be back here on off the record to wrap it all up all right everybody we're back here on off the record to wrap things up and a question i kind of like uh to ask them all the podcast the driver's meeting we always end the podcast me and tommy joe we always ask uh the guests that we have on in this case guests on the show uh you know what what's a goal of yours you have you know whether it's in the next year next few years you know if you know when when you get there you know, what, what do you want to say you have accomplished? Maybe that you have it now uh, that you want to in the future. So Charles, I know you've been in the business a long time, um, but what are some things that you feel like, you know, you, you haven't, you know, you haven't maybe accomplished or, or things that you, you want to get done goals, places you want to go tracks. I mean, what, 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 any, any goals that you have? You know, I, I think one of the real goals that I would like to achieve before, you know, I call it quits is I, I would like to broadcast, whether it's an Arkham and Art Series race or trucks, Xfinity Cup, you know, I would like to broadcast a, a race, you know, with the, the TV partners. And, um, you know, that that's that is a goal of mine. Like I said, I'm 49 years old. I'm, I'm the dick trickle of this deal. And I know that they're not often looking for 49 year old rookies, but it sure would be uh, fun to go and do that. I think I'm I think I'm good enough at it to uh, to to do a, a pretty decent job. We'll see how that goes. But uh, that said, I, I am extremely happy doing what I'm doing. Um, the schedule fits my lifestyle very, very well. I love living here in Toledo, Ohio. Um, got a lot of great racetracks up here um, and, and working for ARCA is, it, it, it is already something that I have dreamed of, you know, since I was a little kid. So I'm, I'm a pretty lucky guy, RJ, and, um, you know, happy to be living, living that dream right now. Um, so, you know, no complaints out of me, but uh, we'll see, we'll see what the future holds, you know? Exactly. Mason, we'll move over to you. Obviously I'm sure one of your goals uh, was to make a camp World truck series start, you know, uh, it's, that's definitely on your agenda this week, but, but other than that, um, and you can note on that too, but what, what are some goals you have in your racing career? Where do you kind of want to be, whether it's one year from now, five years, 10 years? Yeah, it's an interesting topic, you know, for, for me personally, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of drivers that are fortunate enough to, you know, be able to climb the rankings and, and have those connections and, uh, you know, be able to be in competitive equipment and go out there and win races. Uh, for me, it, it's not necessarily that case. So, you know, from probably the truck series on up, you know, there's, there's a slim chance of me being able to, to win races realistically, you know, speaking here, just as far as where I stand, but, you know, I, I want to be relevant in this sport and I want to, make myself known, you know, as a guy that can compete in the, in the truck Xfinity series and, and be competitive with the equipment that's, that's given. Um, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable goal. Uh, you know, it's something that hopefully after gateway, I can start working towards, um, and, you know, try to do it on a, on a full-time basis or at least a majority schedule basis. Uh, and, you know, just continue to learn. That's another big thing for me, both on and off the track. Uh, you know, both as a driver and, and just as a person too, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to be 18 in two months and I, you know, 
I still need to learn a lot about myself as well as the ins and outs of the sport. So, you know, just trying to, you know, continue to work hard, continue to grind and, and try to make, you know, those uh, goals and expectations, you know, become a reality, uh, hopefully at some point. So just trying to stay in it as long as I can and, uh, you know, have, have a blast doing it. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, well said, Artez, Damani, I'll start with you, Artez, you know, your goals in the sport, you know, you're just getting going professionally. Obviously we had a great weekend at Charlotte, uh, you know, for one, five, 10 years down the road, what are your goals to kind of accomplish in the sport as of now? How do you look at it? You know, yeah. Um, you know, professionally, I just got into the sport outside of it before I was in funeral service. I'm still in funeral service as we speak. Um, but inside the sport of NASCAR, uh, I really want to be involved in the in the PR side of it. Um, public relations side, I would definitely love to be involved, if not even NASCAR, ARCA. Um, that's one of my goals. And then down the road, if I'm in journalism, love to keep still in journalism. Um, but my main goal at the end is to do just to build a race team. Uh, it can be a truck series team, Xfinity team, just that, not cup, especially due to the charts is horrible. But um, price is horrible. But uh, just building a foundation for these guys coming up, minority or not. I was just telling the money that's on the way back, you know, like these guys got to have an opportunity. And if, if both of us, if myself, him, whomever, um, can build that opportunity for them, then, I mean, that's a job well done. So 10 years down the line, I would definitely be a foundation for those drivers coming in. So what about you, Devani? Well, like I said earlier, I've wanted to do this since I was five, and that this being dry. I want to invest in the Legends car, late model, do it, get what Mason has, basically. He's getting his first start in the truck, uh, truck series. To make any start in the top series and own my own race team is a dream of mine. For now, though, I'm going to do it. Art, lean on Artez, lean on you, do this journalism gig, um, take pics at the track, do whatever I can to get my foot in the door, save some money up so I can invest in a Legends car. Um, five years from now, like I said, I want to be where Mason is, running a truck race or two, maybe putting um, sponsorship deals together. Because as I speak, I saw Brad Perez's post, and I'm close friends with him. I told him I would help him get a sponsor because I know several people here in Atlanta who own businesses. I want him to get his um, seat time in the truck. I want to help others while also um, achieving personal goals within myself. My primary goal is, like I said, to help others own a race team, give drivers of color seat time, maybe run a few races here and there the same way um, Mike Harmon, our Lord and Savior, does. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> we love Mike Harmon over here, Amen. but, um, Amen. <laughs> man, he does it all, but, um, yeah, basically I want to be a part of the sport as a driver, public relations guy, journalist, whatever life throws at me. Thank you, uh, everybody for tuning in. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to all my great guests here on the show. And this has been an episode of off of the record.